of Star Wars The Bad Batch. Welcome back to Star Wars Escape Pod. And we have our friends Bryce and Blake joining us in the Escape Pod today to chat about the two most recent episodes that are taking the internet by storm as a fantastic midway season set of episodes. Uh, We also got an article that just came out today with Dave Filoni. I think it's from the EmpireOnline.com. We're going to get into this on uh, how the Clone Wars influences his storytelling on The Mandalorian. Things don't come to a perfect ending exclusive, as well as new guests launched at uh, Celebration around the corner, our new rating system on the new episodes, and a look back at last week as we uh, talk a little bit more about the Wookiees on Kashyyyk. Let's get into it. I heard you were back. I'm going to Mandalore. May the force be with you! You ready for an adventure? A Mandalorian has to know their way around. That way, you'll never be lost. The Mandalorian, season 3, March 1st, only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome back to the show, fellas. Hello there. Hey, good guys. Always good to be back chatting Star Wars with you. And, uh, yes, Blake. Um, we, uh, we haven't had Bryce on for a little bit. So here we are, three of us again. And uh, we've got a bunch of stuff on the roster. Um, yeah, it's a good lineup today. Yeah. Hey, first question I got to ask, just just so we get out of the way, will we cover Young Jedi Adventures on the podcast? <laughs> it launches what on. What is this? I saw I like a <laughs> Phil Phil mentioned it in the Google chat, and it was like it got me thinking. I was like, are we right. going to talk about this on the weekly basis? Like, probably not. But um, just want to run it by. We him. could wait and then binge it, and then just do a one off. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, yeah, I feel yeah. like if we're reading junior novels we could probably binge the show (laughs) (laughs) that's fair (laughs) that is fair um yeah yeah uh so uh young jedi adventures comes out on disney plus may 4th it takes place during the high republic and it's a show that's geared for uh the youngest of youngest viewers out there the youngest star wars fans the little ones that are what you say? Toddlers and tykes? Yeah, toddlers and tykes, maybe up to about seven years old before it becomes a little less cool to watch a show like that. But we'll, we'll give it a shot. We're all children anyway, so <laughs> we should be able to, to relate. And... <laughs> yeah. 
new Mandalorian TV spot. Uh, that's what you just heard. It was 30 seconds long and launched about eight hours ago today. Uh, and if you're in our Discord server, you would have seen it drop. So, um, yeah, cool. We got Mandalorian Season 3 right around the corner. So we're looking forward to chatting about that as well. Uh, and uh, last week, for those who don't know, we celebrated Star Wars Podcast Day, which is a very special occasion once every year. Uh, this is the third year that we've that it's been a thing now and the second year that we've taken part uh we're on the 24th of um uh, oh sorry it's the 24th anniversary of of jedi talk uh so it's the uh the date that commemorates the very first star wars podcast which came out february 7th 1999 right before the phantom menace came out that same year so uh star wars podcast you know i've been around a long time and uh we're just one of the many so that was that was a cool uh cool little kind of side mentioned, uh, you know, put out an episode four and, uh, yeah. So here's to a bright future of star Wars podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a good run and may there be many more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, let's take a trip down memory lane because, uh, Bryce, you're coming back with us this week and, uh, you missed a couple reviews and, um, you know, very curious to hear your thoughts on, on the previous couple episodes, especially last week with the Wookiees. And um, we need to tell you about our new rating system. <laughs> so oh, I'm, excellent. I'm curious. I you, love putting things. <laughs> I love rating stuff. You got so okay. So, so this is this is how it works. All right. This is the Pablo's Pudu's rating system. Uh, new to 2023 <laughs> onwards, uh, you either give it a score out of three Pablo points, working your way down to the middle, which is a Bendu, and uh, further down into the negatives is three Pablo Pudu's. Uh, so three Pablo Pudus is the worst of the worst, and uh, three Pablo points is the best of the best. Ben do right in the middle. Uh, so oh, okay, okay. I thought you have I to thought make the, sure. This I was says, like, am I going to give it a Pablo or a Pudu? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay, that'll be the next rating system. Yeah, <laughs> we call Pablos or Pudus. Yeah, you can go. Yeah. yeah, Pablos or Pudus. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. So take us, take us down, down memory lane. Let's let's hear your thoughts on these things. All right, guys. So so this is for the um, the Kashik episode, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll give it a Bendu. I think I'll give it a Bendu. Okay. The, I, I wouldn't it wasn't it definitely was nice to have to not have it be like a filler episode which was good um i, I feel like the the previous episodes have kind of like they haven't really filler. pushed the plot anywhere so it kind of felt like ah this was fun but i'm know. curious then what did this episode made you think that it was pushing the plot because i think josh and i both were completely yeah i guess it wasn't like to filler. be honest <laughs> yeah but but it didn't seem like you know like it seemed like at least something was happening. Like there's like a right. Jedi that they're they're seeing, and it's not just like I, I when I think of filler episodes, it's like all of a sudden it's like the characters go to a theme park or like <laughs> I don't know. It's and that kind of felt like the racing thing. It was just like right. this gimmick that they. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean it was. I can't, I can't, I can't give it anywhere, but I can't give it between a Pablo Pudu and a Bendu. If there was like an area <laughs> in there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's not enough options in this so, really overly complicated range. There's only three options, right? So, well, one, two, or three? Well, no, it's like a, a score out of three in the positive. So, so you could give it like one Pablo point, two Pablo points oh, or three so Pablo no points. Pablo points. So is, yeah. So is the worst. So, so, oh, okay. so, uh, Pablo Pudu is like, Three, three out of three Pablo Pudus is like the 
you know, it's like a scale out of seven. So, so three oh. Pablo Pudus, three <laughs> yeah. Pablo Pudus is like a minus oh, right. three. And then yeah, a Bendu is in the middle, zero. Right and then the three Pablo points is like three out of three kind of thing. So a Bendu is like kind of like, you so know. So it's a two, two, out of, a two Pablo points. So that's probably like that's pretty like, good. That's like a one oh, under, that's like one 80%. under. A, yeah, it's like 80%. Oh, I'm yeah. not getting this at all. Like 75. <laughs> <laughs> our, our score system I'm makes like, so much sense, doesn't it? <laughs> We're gonna have to do this every time we bring someone new on the show. So a bendu, yeah, a bendu like, is like a fifty percent. Like, bendu is three out of six Pablo points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 So, uh, what the heck is a bendu? Okay, so that's like a fifty percent. Fifty percent out of hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And how many Pablo points is a bendu? Percentage wise, I mean, three out of three Pablo points is one hundred percent. Scale is negative three to three. <laughs> right, right. So zero Pablo points is a Bendu. That's right. Yeah. All right, I got it. So I, yeah, I, 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 I place it as a Bendu then. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm back at my original. <laughs> After all that, and we're like, what's funny is really. You gave it a lower score than you did earlier because you didn't understand the scale properly. True. Yeah. Yeah. Before I was giving it like a two out of three, and now I'm giving it a three out of six. That's right. But that's perfect because that's kind of what I was feeling, anyways. I didn't want to give it a one out of three. I'm trying no, to remember what did that's we where give we it? We ended up two. Was it a we one? We both gave it one Pablo point, so it was basically Ooh, what wow. did. Yeah. So it was like it was just one. One step up from. So, what did you guys give the racing episode? Because that's my one out of six. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah. Same score. I gave it a one. I think Josh yeah. gave it a zero. I think uh, the racing, the racing one. I think, I think I gave. I don't know. I forget, man. I think, I think it was either a one. <laughs> I feel like hey, we got to make a chart. We got to make gotta like a watch the previous episode. We got to make a spreadsheet, like the podcast archive spreadsheet with all our podcast episodes listed on it. I feel like we need this. You know, going forward for the shows, we just we just go back. We can even go back and just like have have a good time. Like you know, we'll do a podcast episode re-rating everything. You know, just rate all the oh, movies, man. all the episodes for all the seasons. <laughs> Good update our rating system on yeah. everything we've ever consumed at Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it for the books, the uh, the games. We'll do everything's out of oh, a Pudu Pudu Pablo point system. See this. This goes really well with my idea to do the rating system for like the best villains or like best aliens. We can like yeah, do yeah. some ratings to those things. Too. Totally, yeah. Best villains. Oh, How many poodoo? That alien is so poodoo. Yeah, like what do you rate Babu Freak? <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah. what Babu do you Frick? I shouldn't call him yeah. Babu Freak. He wouldn't like Babu Freak. Yeah. <laughs> Frick you, man. Frick you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's not as bad as, look at that freak. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah. uh, So for this episode, I don't have a lot to say. Um, I thought the the Kashyyyk stuff, uh, seeing the, uh, like, basically how the the Wookiee slave trade is getting started is kind of cool. Yeah. Started with the Trandoshans. It yeah, it's like, fun to see some Trandoshans with flamethrowers. AAT with a big flamethrower. It's kind of cool. I'll throw this out there just because so, it didn't come up last week when we were talking about it. But um, when Dave Filoni kind of talked about the unproduced Clone Wars arcs, uh, there was supposed to be 
an arc that took place on Kashyyyk with the Wookiees riding those big beasts that we saw in this episode of the Bad Batch. And uh, there was like a sketch in his notebook about it, uh, which, you know, he showed a picture of on, on a celebration panel. And, uh, you know, it just like my thoughts kind of started, you know, the wheels started turning and I was like, hey, you know what? Um, I guess for a filler episode, I guess it's maybe just like a bit of a look back at what could have been, you know, instead of uh, instead of a plot line about the separatists and the Republic and the Bad Batch trying to operate in that time period. Now it's just the Imperials and the Wookiee rebels trying to, you know, with the Bad Batch again, trying to operate. You know, basically the same plot, but kind of reused later, uh, which gives me the idea that we're probably not going to get a finished version of that for Clone Wars. But, um, you know, I still got my fingers crossed that they can finish the Clone Wars. But, you know, <laughs> maybe not that arc now that they've basically just done it for Bad Batch. Uh, but, yeah, what are you guys' thoughts about that? You know, having Clone Wars arcs being like kind of recycled and respun into Bad Batch related story arcs. I think it was inevitable. I mean, they did that with so many other things, right? With comics and novels and stuff. Yeah, they so they have pure pure adaption though in that in that in that um, department, right? As yeah. opposed to like As switching to, it over. Yeah, <sighs> if, if they can feelings, find a good fit for them, like yeah, like if, exactly. like if the reason they didn't use it is because it didn't fit the Clone Wars, right? And then they could find like a good use for like a like an interesting story arc. Yeah, go for it. Like, yeah. As long, yeah, as long as it's not like forced. Yeah. The, the only thing that concerns me is, I, th- I think it's just because of the type of characters that we have with the Bad Batch, where they really only fit well into a certain type of narrative. Uh, that when they, they don't have the, um, that they can't really tell the same kinds of stories that we got in Clone Wars. We just had so many different characters and arcs going on. And I just don't want to see stuff forced to fit into the box when it, it loses the, the quality of what it would originally had. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, and this, this arc would have been uh, part of the, the 10 canceled Clone Wars arcs that we know that we didn't end up getting purely because they they've been talked about but uh you know a lot of people know that clone wars was canceled a little too earlier uh, you know too early than it should have been and and this would have fallen the realm of stories that we would have had um if the show was finished to its full eight season potential but uh, which details did he reveal were copied was it just um like the wookie stuff yeah so when he talked about the story arc um, there, there was, uh, well, he, he did reveal the drawing that he made of this giant, like monkey kind of like elephant thing that they ride, like in the, you know, in the oh, episode. I thought they were lemurs. Um, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. They're, they're basically like giant, giant lemurs, but the Wookiees kind of look at them as like, tr- they're called like the tree gods or something. And, um, mm-hmm. there was still, uh, there was an image in his notebook as well of like a, um, I think it was like either Tarful or. Chewbacca or something kind of like kneeling next to a tree uh, in the same way that they do in this episode as well. Uh, so there's a lot of similarities that kind of crossed over between the two. And um, this arc, of course, doesn't doesn't have a name because, uh, you know, it was it was canceled. But if you do look up Clone Wars, Clone, Clone Wars arcs we missed out on or something like that, you know, you'll you'll get a list of 
of arcs, uh, which do include the uh, adapted material, mind you, um, Son of Dathomir and Dark Disciple. Uh, but there's a few that they mentioned which um, which don't have any adaption at all. And uh, it's it's basically just stuff that floats around on pages at this point, you know, as material that they could kind of look back to, but not necessarily doesn't really exist to the rest of us. You know, it only exists to people kind of behind the scenes. So, right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the, yeah. the Clone Wars show was so massive and so much going on and they had pre-planned like an extra two seasons or whatever. Right. So it makes sense. They have a lot of this stuff just lying around to be reused. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that brings us to this week episode. Uh, so the bad batch season two, episode seven is called the clone conspiracy. And, uh, you know, it's funny talking about episodes like last week because, uh, you know, giving it like a Bendu and a, or, or one Pablo point, um, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, no comparison, I think to the, the episodes that we got this past week. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Which we're finally kind of back in the main story again. So, uh, let's take a look at the summary here and then we can, uh, talk about it for a bit and give it a score. Um, so in the Imperial Senate, Rampart, Rampart pushes for the passing of a bill authorizing the military recruitment of Imperial citizens, meaning that the clones will officially be discarded. Senator uh, Rio Chuchi, who defends the clones' fundamental rights, is approached by clone trooper Slip, whose friend Cade was murdered on Rampart's orders when he defied the official version of of Camino's destruction by a storm disaster. Um, Chuchi d- begins to investigate Rampart's conspiracy, alerting the Admiral, who sends an assassin after Slip. Just as Chuchi tries to convince Slip to testify, the assassin kills him. Before Chuchi can suffer the same fate, she is rescued by Captain Rex, whom Slip summoned for help. But the assassin, who turns out to be a clone, kills himself uh, as he is questioned. And the episode ends on a bit of a cliffhanger until we can talk about the next one. Um, so yeah, wh- that was the episode. Um, you know, maybe uh, Bryce, you can kind of kick things off with your your thoughts on this one. What do you What do you think of this one? It was a um, comparatively to the other episodes. It was it was way more dark, like way more of a a episode for adults than like I, I felt like the tone changed quite a bit. You yeah, know, like themes like. There's a lot of politics in this one. There's like people getting assassinated. There's stuff about like clone rights and like, uh, like, like, um, I don't know, like services for veterans and a, and a guy kills himself. Like, so yeah. Like, yeah, no, that's I mean, true. It's a that's point. a lie, right? And that might be why I, I'm assuming that, and you guys are, I'm assuming you guys also are probably going to rate this one a bit higher. But mm-hmm. I, I, I was kind of wondering, I'm like, do you guys think a, like a, what do you think the kids would have thought about this episode? Yeah, that's a what great age question. Category. Yeah. Do you think they would have found it like a bit more boring than the other like I, sort of racing? I don't episode know. That it's a great and... Yeah, it's a great question because um because this this kind of episode right here, this is kind of the quality of episode that made Clone Wars such a great show for the mass millions, yeah. right? So yeah. at the end of the day, I think you're right in the sense that maybe someone who is seven or eight might not really get into an episode like this, but for the older fans, you know, and for the, for the teenage fans and, you know, preteen fans, this episode stands out, you know, like a a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think as far as majority goes, I think people are going to definitely like this one a little more than, 
some of the previous ones, but um, yeah, you're right. It, it took a different turn completely, you know, compared to like our treasure hunting episode a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's interesting because it almost feels like the first half of the season was similar to like the first couple seasons of Clone Wars, whereas this episode and to a small degree, the one after it felt more like the closer to the finale of Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, I loved the fact that they have that kind of, he, he has that, like a Star Wars version of like a cyanide tooth. <laughs> I yep. was like, we've seen that before, I think. <laughs> I think we have. Yeah. I, oh, which, which, I'm um, not sure where, but yeah, where, where did we see that uh, before? I'm trying to remember. Was it, it might have been, was it one of the live action shows? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. I think it was uh was it in a, it was an imperial in uh, the Mandalorian, wasn't mm-hmm. it? That's what I'm thinking at first too is that like maybe the uh what they're like raiding that the imperial cruiser. Yes, you're, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You got it. Okay. It's called a suicide shocker. Wow. <laughs> Something you want to put in your mouth? Jeez. No. Nope. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. It's it's when he that guy kills himself on on board the ship. Yeah, yeah, that's very. Um, I mean, so very what are we playing in, trivia. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Uh, what's the what's that thing called? Um, no, that's a uh, that's a uh, uh, yeah. It was like it's it like cool little element to kind of bring back, and it really matures this episode in a way. But I mean, even yeah, even even that aside, though, this episode was still really good. I mean, we saw the return of. Um, uh, Senator Chuchi, who uh, we hadn't seen for quite some time. She had some background appearances in Clone Wars. She had a standout episode in, in the earlier season. Uh, I think it was season one or two. Uh, she was in an episode well, I wasn't called... even aware she was a reoccurring character. I don't remember. Yeah, she was, uh, she was yeah. a star character in the episode called Trespass, which uh, had the Republic go to um, a planet in which their, their senator was kind of claiming territory over. And uh, Senator Chuchu, who at the time I think was uh, uh, like a like a senator's aide or something like that, um, she uh, or like a representative, but not not like a full. Oh, she sorry. Uh, it was their chairman. So it was she was she was the senator, but their her planet of uh, Pantora, uh, the chairman of that planet claimed ter- like territory over the world of the Talls, and um, it was like an ice world kind of thing and the Republic was kind of playing uh, or the Jedi were trying to play peace peacekeepers while the clones were protecting uh, the chairman and, and the talls were kind of hunting them down. It was like the classic kind of, you know, European versus like native North American kind of story uh, that you'd get in a lot of other kind of movies like Pocahontas. But um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was a good episode. I remember that being a standout one from that first, from that first season. Um, but it was cool to see her back and uh, you know, have like a bit of a, you know, she was one of Padme's friends. So it was a bit more of like a look behind the scenes as to like, you know, what Republic Mm, loyalists are kind of doing in the Republic still to kind of help. Right. And Bail Organa, of course, makes his return. And uh, after seeing Andor, I mean, um, it it just, you know, the questions kind of linger, right? Like, like, where's all the senators that were trying to do good work back in the day? You know, like, where are they now? They're running scared. I yeah. think we're seeing that because we see, uh, like Bail Organa and Tucci, they're they're walking down hidden corridors in the underworld of Coruscant just to have a simple conversation. I think everyone's running scared. There's mm-hmm. assassins everywhere, right? Yeah, it seems like Palpatine is tightening tightening his grip. Well, and a lot of the a lot of the senators who 
I guess, didn't pledge loyalty to the empire. They were just executed, right? There was that delegation of the, um, the of the something hundred, <laughs> or so. I forget the name of it, but um, there was there was some sort of um, some sort of big event that happened, almost like a purge of loyal Republic senators after the Jedi purge took place, and and uh, yeah, that was that was a big moment. That's kind of kind of lingers behind the scenes in the canon but it was a it was a bigger plot line in the eu um for those fans who kind of mm. read read a lot of stuff like right after episode three uh it was probably mentioned quite a few times oh, is that still canon then or is this yeah so so the introduced the event has never been visited in the canon directly but it's been okay. mentioned so as if it's kind of been a thing <clears throat> Interesting. Uh, Apparently, it's a delegation of two thousand. Two thousand. There, there you go. That's that's, that's a lot. It. Yeah. And yeah. then sixty-three senators get arrested the day after the formation of the empire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so. All, all of this is like what makes this so cool is is I love it because it makes that part in a new hope when you we learn that like the emperor has dissolved the senate right like yeah. finally he's like gotten rid of the senate. It really yeah. adds a lot of weight to that. Totally. That part in A New Hope where you're like, oh, cr- man, he's really like, that's when the Emperor has taken true power. Yeah. It took a long yeah, he's time. He's like finally yeah, done it. it yeah. It's not like a slow process. And I like seeing the, the the slow fight that these senators are, you know, they don't give up after episode three and they're like slowly just getting yeah. whittled down. Totally. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, no, I know. I 100% agree. And um, I do love the fact that, you know, a, a good hearted senator, kind of like um, Senator Chuchi, would be someone to stand up for these people that, you know, the, the Republic made in service of their war. And, you know, now what happens, right? Like, now, now what are we going to do with them? We can't just like kill them off. And I just, I loved this episode so they? much. Uh, well, that's the thing, right? Like, like, uh, can they can they kill them? Like, I I think it would be they like they were a, gonna kill Tuchiaf. They that was uh, Rampart's plan. Like all the, there, all of the clones. Get rid of her. Oh yeah, no Chuchi. Yes, I mean all the clones. Like all the like, what are they gonna do with oh. all the all the the leftover clones? Right, and and it just kind of it always makes me think of that moment in Kenobi when we see just that homeless like kind so of good. begging yeah. clone on the side of the street. Such a powerful scene because you know it's like that's what happened to them. It's like you know. And, they just got thrown out. Like they just forgotten. Right. Like it's almost like when uh, Cody goes AWOL, Rampart doesn't care. He's like, Oh yeah, no. Cody's gone AWOL. You know, there's no search party looking for him to hunt him down or anything like that. It's just like, you know what? Yeah. Just another if he clone. doesn't, doesn't show up for work. Fine. Whatever. He's out there on his own. So, um, yeah, just it makes clone. you wonder though. You think Palpatine, I guess he just doesn't care. That's the thing. Like he doesn't see a reason to even be bothered no. to get rid of them. Yeah, exactly. Just kind of let them, you know. No, they're no like, they're no threat to him. on their own, right? Yeah. Because yeah. if you would you would think they already he already had plans to make that clone specific virus, right? Back in the early Clone War season. So like he could yeah. he could just bring that back if he really wanted to. Right. Yeah, it's just like one of those things that, you know. Yeah, he doesn't look at them as a threat, and um, quite frankly, like even if they they were to rise up, I think that's the only thing that he really wants to replace them with is like an actual loyal army, right? Like he's like the only thing that's better than a clone army that we can just reproduce in the millions is an army that's willing to sign up because they got you know things to lose and like they need the job, right? Or they 
just love the empire that that much that they're willing to be a stormtrooper. Um, so I yeah, think a big part of it also is they can start over programming them because the clones have already been so programmed and were affected by the Jedi so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly, totally. Yeah, it's like start fresh, you know, like um, some of these clones have seen too much, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and do you think I know this might be a little bit of a stretch, but as I was watching it, I'm like, oh, is it a possibility we could see some sort of small scale like clone rebellion that you gets know, like shut down so. by the Empire? I, I know I Blake's so looking forward to this. Yeah, that was in the EU. Yeah, there was. A, oh, was it? Yeah, actually, I think you're the one who originally pointed it out to me. Um, but there's a point where. Um, you find out the Kaminoans had been creating new clones oh, to fight yeah. against the Empire, and then there's a war between the clones and the Stormtroopers. Like a civil oh, war. Yeah, I, yeah that's I think in, it's from the... Isn't that in Battlefront? Battlefront 2, the original yeah. Battlefront 2 game. Yeah, from like 2006 yeah. or whatever. So, I, yeah, I thought that might be kind of cool because the, the more and more I think about it, I'm like, there's a lot of similarities between um, the Galactic Empire and the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Kind of where, you know, Julius Caesar, you know, gets rid of the Senate. It kind of becomes like a dictator, right? I mean, the Senate kills Julius Caesar, but they they become, um, it, the Roman Empire does become like a dictatorship eventually. And and then I'm like, you know what else happens in the Roman Empire? Like huge slave revolts, you know, like like led by, I don't know. I feel like it would, it would kind of fit, but also Spartacus. it is, yeah, it's the Spartacus Rebellion. But also it's a pretty jarring and like big event to somehow kind of like sneak in. So I, I don't know. I, I really don't, I yeah. don't know if it'll happen, but it's good speculation, mm-hmm. but who I mean, doesn't want to see stormtroopers fighting clone troopers? Right? Oh, be pretty yeah. cool. I think we all, we all want to see that. Like people mm-hmm. want to see Darth Maul fight Darth Vader and want to see clone troopers fighting stormtroopers. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I want to see the clone troopers, you know, they don't just give up. Right. I want to see them one last hurrah. They realize, you know, that they kind of, did the Jedi dirty? They're like, oh man, you know. Well, yeah. we're seeing foreshadowing of that. I mean, maybe this is in the the next episode, but so not to jump ahead. But uh, Rex specifically says like more and more of his brothers are, are waking up. Waking to the up, fact. yeah. yeah. Mm, and the, yeah. He, the struggle he's having is being able to help all of them, right? Because right, a lot of them are just going missing or being killed off. You know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll throw this question out there to the room. Uh, just only because it's it's not a thing that's mentioned anywhere in Star Wars Rebels or anywhere else in the canon. But do you think there is enough creative liberty for them to kind of actually do a story like this where they have, you know, a big battle that takes place somewhere with like a whole bunch of clones just fighting the Empire? See, yeah, that's that's kind of so. what I'm scared of is because it is I do feel like that you need a lot of creative freedom for that. Yeah, because we've never heard it about it anywhere else right which unless maybe that's a good thing and yeah. also you know there's a timeline you gotta fit this in somewhere yeah no that's true it, um, i could see it look at some uh, go, go said, ahead let me look at this from an outside perspective we're complaining that the first few episodes feel fillery maybe it's because they were on a budget because they were saving money for that arc <laughs> oh maybe <laughs> um yeah you know i could see it happening in the event that it's like a strike kind of mission you know like no one knows about it and it might be on some like remote imperial um like that base like that base that we saw in season one where they're training all the tk units 
with Republic Commandos. Like, obviously, no one knows about this place because it's like a big secret thing built into the like volcano on a mountain. But um, like, if there was a big clone assault there, you know, like in a, in a efforts to kind of just fight the Empire and fight their their successors as troopers. That would be pretty sweet. I could totally see that I mean, being a thing. Yeah, like, wouldn't it just be so perfect if the if the clones at some point got purged? Like, like yeah. what a what a great, um, I don't know. It just yeah, like redeeming moment for them. Almost. Strikes again, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's using the same tools, right? Yeah, yeah. same thing yeah. as the Jedi. It'd be uh, poetic justice. What yeah, the clones did. Yeah, I think totally. that's what the phrase I was kind of looking for. Very poetic. So out of, uh, let's, let's, let's rate this, this episode because, uh, we still got to do the next one, but, uh, let's start with you, Blake, um, Pablo's or Pudu's. Oh man. Oh, Pablo's for sure. Question is how high do I go? <clears throat> I like, I really, really love that this felt like an actual Clone Wars arc mm-hmm. and like, like late, like this felt like an actual continuation of Clone Wars which I think is what we were expecting for the whole series. Mm-hmm. Instead of it's, it's meandered so much on its own. Yeah. Um, and I like what it's foreshadowing and the direction that it could potentially go. So we're just discussing. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with two Pablo points. I'm not sure why I'm not giving it three. It just doesn't quite feel right. <laughs> I, I'm going to say the same too. Yeah. What about you, Bryce? Me too. Yeah, two Pablo points. Two Pablo Only points. because I'm I'm hoping that you know there's even a, an even better one. I want to leave some space for my three to three. Yeah, 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 for sure. That because that's, sure. that's the best of the best, right there. A three right. to three. Um, so yeah, two is quite generous. So yeah, I think this was a great episode, uh, for sure. All right, I definitely want more of this for sure. Yeah. And thankfully, they gave it to us on the same day. <laughs> uh, season 2, Episode 8, Truth and Consequences. So uh, here's the summary. Rex contacts the Bad Batch and asks them to join him and uh, Senator Trucci, who tell them about Rampart's plot. To provide evidence against him, Rex asks the Batch to retrieve Slip's copy of Rampart's command log from his Venator-class Star Destroyer, which is currently undergoing planet-side maintenance. While Omega accompanies Chuchi, um, who tries to get support from more senators, Rex and the rest of the batch uh, sneak aboard the cruiser to retrieve the data, but trigger an alarm and barely escape. Uh, the next morning, Chuchi accuses Rampart before the Senate, and with the data in her hands, Rampart is arrested. However, Emperor Palpatine personally orders the Imperial Recruitment Bill to be passed, proving that this was his goal all along. Uh, before the batch leave Coruscant, Echo decides to stay with Rex and Chuchi and uh, uh, to help uh, the fighting clones' rights. So, this was a great episode. Uh, I mean, standout thing, first and foremost, Ian McDermott returns as the voice of Emperor Palpatine. So that was cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I got chills for sure when he, like, like it was very, I don't know, cinematic when he, when he kind of finally came up and you know the whole senate goes quiet like oh my yeah because he's never he's not used to being there right like yeah they they started with opening that he never shows up he just quote-unquote trusts them to make the right decision yeah yeah it's interesting that when he shows up you know it just like yeah like room goes quiet and then whatever he says just it happens 
right? And it's like, yeah, this is no longer the Republic. Like, even though he trusts the Senate to kind of do do what it does, you know, when it comes to the important stuff that he wants to get done, like, he'll just... It just gets through. It just gets through, yeah. And he obviously uses um, the opportunity that this kind of event goes wrong right like like the the uh dictators always do yeah like he he twists that 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 moment that the accusation against the possible empire and just kind of puts the blame on rampart and arrests him puts the blame on him as you know okay well we got nothing to do with this but it's proof and evidence that we obviously need a loyal army so this is what's happening kind of thing right and uh I, don't, I think like the fact that this episode is called Truth and Consequences like tells me that uh, with the last conversation that takes place in this episode, like the Bad Batch obviously feel a little guilty for what their their part that they they got played right. Like the whole thing, we, we can get into that. That whole final wrap up scene seemed really clunky to me. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. As far as like the rest of the episode though, do you go? Like, do you have any thoughts before we kind of break that one? That, that part down i find it really funny like this episode was really good compared to like the earlier episodes but it was a solid step down from the one before it and i'm thinking about why that is and i think it's because the first episode didn't involve the bad patch characters really <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the boba fett syndrome right yeah Where it's like what were the best episodes of boba fett Oh, the ones that include that were about the Mandalorian. Yeah, that's such a great point. Yeah, and I think it goes to what I said at the beginning. Like the problem with the Bad Batch characters is they really can only do one trick. They break in, they get a thing, they rescue someone, whatever they get out. Yeah, they're really good at it. Also, you can't really use them to tell any other stories. We can also uh, do we count this against their list of failures for the season? By the way. Uh, getting all of the clones, all million, whatever, several million of them fired. Well, wow, that's, yeah. Yeah. Put out of the I didn't realize you guys are keeping tabs, but it's not looking good for those guys. No. We got a list going, oh, Bryce. We got a they list really going. are the bad batch. <laughs> that's right. They're living up to their name. That's true. Oh, man. They really should have thought that through. Oh, my oh, gosh. Man. You know, yeah. what's in a name? You really should have just dumped those test tubes out. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the oh title. Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, that's a great point. Yeah, uh, Bryce, what are your thoughts on this episode? Um, they always set their blasters to stun, and then yeah. they turn on a uh, bunch of turbo lasers that just blow a bunch of clones <laughs> out of the sky. <laughs> What's up with that? It's the intent that counts. Oh man. They 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 probably survived. You can't see it, so it doesn't yeah. it doesn't count. Maybe yeah. they ejected from their seats. <laughs> yeah, you know. Maybe yeah. those are stormtrooper pilots, not clones. Yeah. Actually, I think I think you're right. I think they were. We got it. We got like one or two mm-hmm. shots of them, and yeah, I think I think you're right. Like, somehow they knew. <laughs> yeah, somehow they down. Knew. They're just civilians that signed up. Yeah. <laughs> they're just they're just normal people. <laughs> they're not one of us. They're not like them. us. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, other than that, yeah, I kind of I kind of have the same stuff to say as you guys. Where where I think, yeah, because it wasn't featuring the bad, bad batch. Like, 
or because because it, it was featuring the Bad Batch. I, I think it, it they're kind of it's kind of more pigeonholed into a certain way it can go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's why we got the ending that we did. I think they even the writers might be aware of that, so we might be expanding, getting more rec stuff with Echo going right. I think so too. And and I, I even thought of that as I was watching the first one. I was like, okay, there's not a lot of outcomes here, right? Like right. there's only one outcome and it's the Emperor wins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. true. In the end. Um, which comes with it, it kinda is the curse of watching Star Wars stuff as a whole because you always kinda know where things are going. Yeah. Right. You know? It's yeah. true, yeah. Unless you're working on sorry, go ahead. Oh, and I was just going to say, the only three clones that we see later is Rex, Gregor, and Wolf. Mm-hmm. And no one else. So, like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, like, you always kind of know where things are are headed uh, further down the story. Yeah, and I think the writers, um, they did an all right job. I mean, they, they did, I feel like, the best that they could with something like this. Like, the way they spun it the way that they let the emperor spin it to kind of um to his his kind of scheme mm-hmm. it, it didn't feel too forced Railroad in my opinion DM. like no. I, I could i could it kind of made sense to me yeah. right and yeah. i will say it does benefit from the fact that these are stories that i'm eager to to watch and learn yeah yeah so it's not like i'm watching something that feels like it's being it has a forced ending and I also don't care. Right. So, it yeah. is tough to to like get to the end of the adventure or episode and there's no reward. It's just kind of like they're back to square one. Yeah. Usually right. they're usually if there's like one bad thing that happens, you know, they, they get a little win in. Right. But, What's funny is it that's how the ending felt to me. It felt scripted. Like they're talking about like, oh dang, we got all those guys fired. Oh man, okay, Echo's gonna go. Actually, I gotta see I, you guys next week. I got it right here on a on an audio bit. If you want to take a quick listen, oh, sh- let's yeah, yeah, l- let's, let's do it. Let's listen to this here. Palpatine was one step ahead of us during the war, and he's still several steps ahead of us. We played right into his hands. I don't understand. We did the right thing. We told the truth. And he twisted it to his advantage. The Emperor wanted us to implicate Rampart to get what he was after all along. Senate approval for his Stormtrooper program. The fate of all the clones is now sealed. Because of us. What's gonna happen to them? I don't know. But I will keep fighting for the clones. You all deserve the same rights as every citizen. I won't give up. All right, yeah, so um, I gotta say, like, just... Okay, first of all, it's not cool when, like, the plot's explained to the viewer, you know? Never. It's It's never cool. It's always just really cheesy. It's it's so ham-fisted. It's lost cringy. (laughs) I think it, my, one of my pabble points, I think, just went away. I think if I didn't, yeah, yeah I do think I proved I just it. have such an issue with, 
like okay so like up until that last air like section of the episode yeah. like I, I was really kind of enjoying it and especially when the emperor came i was like dang and then when they start explaining everything I just witnessed in the episode, I was like, this is getting less cool every sentence. And it's like it goes from one character to the next to the next, just explaining everything I already know as a Star Wars yeah, fan kids. and as a viewer. Kids. You know, it's for That's the kids. What I was wondering too. Ex- exactly. Like, you know, Bryce, you're totally right. It's for the kids. And it's like, I know it shouldn't be too hard on that. But at the same time, it's like I know it's I know it's a kid show. But at the same time, the inner Star Wars fan of me that's al- that's already in his like late twenties is is just a film critic at this yeah. point. I'm like, dang, that, that just feels really rigid, you know? Like, uh, so that's it. See, it said like it was pre-recorded after they did before they did the mission. Like, okay, this is what's gonna happen. Let's pre-record several outcomes, and then we'll just like slot in the recording of what happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was no feeling to what they were saying either. Like, it was very just kind of. Bullet point, this is what happens. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was even worse the second time. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh man. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's going down one. <laughs> but here's a silver lining. Maybe they had to do that because they needed the younger viewers to know why everything's so sideways in the future yeah. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that's what it is, because that would at least make it worth it and like interesting and hopefully it doesn't mean next episode we're just you know back where we started right it's it's so funny that things go so poorly and the outcome is just like oh well we'll get them next time guys like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like you just doomed your entire species <laughs> yeah oh man um yeah uh so i think we can li- add this to the list of failures seeing as they take part of the blame um <laughs> you know what i mean like uh should we should mm-hmm. we add it to their list uh so well, it didn't succeed that's for sure yeah, yeah. so I the first it. two episodes of the season it's it's a it's a treasure uh theft gone wrong um third episode uh that was good fourth episode they bail sit out of a race that that she had put a bad bet against and and so that's kind of We'll, we'll call it a neutral. And then uh, we had the treasure episode after that, which they failed to recover a piece of treasure. Um, and then the episode after that, the last week's Kashyyyk episode, they they failed to make the negotiations with that droid gangster crew. They lost all their Imperial forged chips along with the credits. And uh, all they ended up doing was returning Ganji to his home world, which again is uh, cool. And I guess they it's did, su- yeah, yeah, they did successfully defend it's some just... of the Wookiees, but we know that that doesn't stay fixed for a while. Yeah. <laughs> the issue is they they still botched making an income. Yeah, and surviving. They, they haven't made a single penny this entire season. And then we no. get this episode, this episode arc, and it's like, wow, um, like what are they even good at? <laughs> <laughs> no man, and you know what? The beginning of the first episode fit right into that because when Rex contacts them, uh, Wrecker's like, "Oh, thank goodness you called! Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so tired of waiting." Yeah, because uh, I think because uh, I'm sorry, what was the the Trandoshan lady's name? Sid. Sid because yeah. Sid doesn't want to give them any more jobs because they can't do anything right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've been fired. <laughs> they've been yeah. fired. And now they got all their brothers fired too. Well, it's like, oh my gosh, foreshadowing. But I don't think it's that they they got fired. It's that 
they're just gonna wait out their contracts so they don't have to extend them. They don't have to get the severance either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, they get the short end of the stick. It kind of makes me wonder if we're gonna get a follow up to this arc because you know just the way that Senator Chuchi kind of leaves it off. You know, she's gonna continue fighting for the clone rights. I'm just wondering, is that a throwaway line to kind of determine what's gonna happen with her character, or is this actually gonna be a plot that they kind of continue later? Um, so you know. We'll see. I mean, it can end well for her, right? Like, right. Yeah, no. yeah. I don't see it any well for, <laughs> for a lot of people in there. But I think, she's, I think she's gonna end up dead. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I kind of get that feeling as well. Unfortunately. Off screen. But yeah, yeah. Off screen death. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would be some mention of her tax or in a book or something. Or something. Or... Yeah. Yeah. So Pablo's actually, or maybe, Pudus. Maybe Crosshair will do it. I don't know. Oh yeah. Actually, maybe they'll send Crosshair to do it. Yeah, actually, we speaking didn't get of into which, that. Yeah, we have the seen clone Crosshair. assassin who I thought was Crosshair yeah. first. I, yeah. yeah, I did too. Yeah, that was a bit of a shocker. But uh I don't know. What I, do you guys I think, think of that? Quote unquote loyalist troopers. That's a good question. Yeah, it doesn't quite make sense, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless I, they're like a super enhanced brain chip. I guess. Yeah, I guess that, what they're trying the to. I could think of. I guess what they're trying to get at is there's more people out there like Crosshair, right? Like, like he's not yeah, the only that's true. one. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, maybe Crosshair's gonna have his own squad. His his worst batch. <laughs> <laughs> Faulty batch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, um, Pablo's or Pablo's or Pudus. Let's uh, let's start with you, Bryce. Uh, I'll go down to. Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'll do four. I'm gonna do four Pablo points. It was still. It was That's still one Pablo enjoyable. point. So one, one Pablo one. point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one Pablo. It sounds so bad when you say one Pablo point. Okay, yeah, one Pablo point. I mean, imagine saying Pudu though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three poodoo points three poodoo is that the worst that's the worst yeah, yeah three, that's three poodoo the, points that's the worst. Worst. yeah yeah um, would you like to change your answer to that is that what you're saying no 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 i'm still <laughs> i'm gonna go for <laughs> freaking one one pablo point damn blake blake go ahead yeah i think i'm gonna say the same just because it was it pushed the story and i i like where it can go i'm actually excited for the change of pace and i really want i'm more excited to follow echo what's going on because i felt like through this episode i again found myself saying why is echo here he never does right. anything exactly i think yeah, this I think was last actually time like, i was on here so the question was like what are they going to do with echo well yeah now we know <laughs> yeah <laughs> just write him out <laughs> yeah i think he finally realized like i'm just here they don't need me i never do anything like you replace me tech if tech just had something to plug his computer in then he's not needed yeah walking usb <laughs> he is yeah. yeah pretty much uh you know so sucks I'm to say for like, that. yeah so yeah i'll leave it on uh one pop-up point all righty because it, it, it still had potential that it could have i would have given it at least a whole extra point if they didn't have that horrible cringe wrap-up moment yeah yeah I'm leave it at that Totally. I think just for that, like, I'm going to do a, 
I don't know. It's not against the rules to give it a 0.5. So I'm going to do a 1.5. Oh. 1.5. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I want to do that too. It's out of 14 now. <laughs> 1.5 Pablo points. Yeah. It's like between <laughs> one and two for me. You know? <laughs> Even Josh came his own system. Yeah, for going by my like. Absolute my, values. For going by my fraction scale, it's now to 14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think I got to get 1.5 Pablo points. It's just, to me, it wasn't like, I, like it was still good. I don't know if it's as bad good as like a one Pablo point. I think it's a little better than that. We did see yeah. Ian McDermott. Yeah, you're right. Well, let me change mine. I'll give it one and three sixteenths. <laughs> one, one and three sixteenths. Um, Jeez. So yeah, we saw the, yeah, we saw Senator Chuchi return. We saw Ian McDermott return. We saw Echo being written out. Not that I hate the character, but I think it just needed to happen. <laughs> Don't write it like that. And, uh, say it. it sounds like he's being offed. <laughs> uh, well, we'll, we'll see, see him again. We'll see him again. But, you know, it's just like, I think I think you're right, though. It's just like it's one more character for them to animate. It's one more character for D. Bradley oh, Baker to voice. That's that's not how I saw it. I thought it was so that we can now follow Echo and Rex do their own storylines. That would make more. That would make sense, too. Like, it would, it would be more interesting yeah. to have, like, a dynamic duo going on. And then, you know, the magic three with Omega, you know, on the other side of the story like that, that makes sense. Right. But, but I don't know, to me, it also kind of, I think it lower the, it lowers the budget, right? It like it lowers the budget of an episode. It's like one less guy for them to have there, one less asset to animate, one less voice to make. That's why he didn't do anything. Yeah. That's yeah. why he does nothing. Right. Like, yeah. And then the, not to mention, like, he's not that interesting of a character. Like he was way more interesting when he was an arc trooper in the clone wars. Uh, which, like, I hate to say it, but, like... You know, Honestly, I, it, it comes down to stars that burn the brightest. It's like, they can do everything without him, right? So he's just kind of there. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I think it's a, it's a story writing thing, not, like, necessarily what? a budget thing. And and I guess in universe why, like, we keep saying, like, let's let's give him an upgrade, give him an upgrade. But, like, they got no money. <laughs> Where's the upgrade going to come from? Yeah, who's going to pay for it? You know, like, if he's really stuck... Everyone, send your letters to Bob Iger. Yeah, I like, I really Echo want needs him. a new hand. I, I really wanted to have that Long John Silver pirate arm from Treasure Planet. You know, like, I just, I, yeah. I, you know, it needs to happen. But at the same time, you know, it's just like, it doesn't make sense that it would, right? Because, like, they're, they're poor. And, uh, like, those things are expensive. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, 1.5 for me. Um, and that sums up our, our, our bad batch review. But, uh, yeah. Uh, celebration news, guys. Uh, celebration, as you know, is uh, right around the corner. And Should they... there be some sort of transition noise here? Oh, you mean uh, we mean catch the speeder? Yeah, well, yeah we got to switch rooms here. got to drive across the street. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's do it. While we're inside an escape pod. All right, here we are. We made it all the way to uh, Endor. <laughs> New single day passes have been made available for Celebration Year of 2023. And with that, more Celebration guests have been confirmed. Uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi will be there as long with Ian McDermott, which is obviously Emperor Palpatine himself. Andy Serkis, who played Kino Loy in Andor, as well as Snoke in the sequel trilogy. B. Dilly Williams as Lando Calrissian, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka in the live-action series, Michael Carter as Bib Fortuna from Return of the Jedi, 
Sean Crawford as Yakface, uh, Tim Drive as Jay Quill, Femi Taylor as Ula, the green Twi'lek who gets uh, eaten by Rancor, um, and uh, Mike Edmonds as Low Gray, the Ewok, Mike Quinn as Nine Num, and Tim Rose as Admiral Akbar, along with Caroline Blakiston as Mon Mothma from Return of the Jedi. Uh, this year, at Star Wars Celebration, they're also celebrating the 40th anniversary for Return of the Jedi, which is pretty nuts because uh, the three of us were actually at the 40th anniversary for A New Hope. So, um, you know, five years <laughs> goes quick. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so I wish everyone a happy celebration, those who can attend. And uh, So where is it this year? It's in London, I believe. I think oh, yeah. so, yeah. I think it's London. Yeah, so we'll be, uh, we'll be joining the celebration online and uh, putting our own little online uh, event together. On the podcast, we'll have people popping in, you know, watching live and uh, maybe doing our daily reviews. So it should be fun. Should be a good time. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Yeah. Definitely come in and join us. Exactly. I'm in for that. Sweet. Uh, last up on the list is uh, a quick article, which uh, was posted 11 hours ago today. So this is fresh. Um, of Dave Filoni and how... Clone Wars influences his storytelling. It's very short, so I'll just give it a quick blast through read here. And uh, I'd like to know what you guys think about it. Um, so as Star Wars, the as the Star Wars franchise has expanded in recent years, it's become less a direct narrative, more of a broad tapestry, interweaving all kinds of stories and eras that crisscross over each other, from the Skywalker saga movies to the intersecting animated series like The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Uh, new tales like The Mandalorian and expansions like Rogue One and or... Obi-Wan Kenobi, and the Book of Boba Fett. All of that, plus an array of canonical novels, comics, and video games have created an expansive canon with the threads that tie various mediums together with characters that move seamlessly between them in one ever-growing timeline. That's quite the mouthful. Uh, this kind of continuous storytelling was a major feature of the Clone Wars and Rebels, which grew around the events established by the prequel trilogy and beyond and which Clone Wars alum Dave Filoni has brought into a so-called Mandoverse. Take the pivotal Mandalorian Season 2 finale in which Luke Skywalker re-emerged to take Grogu under his wing. There's a big question at the end of Season 2, or uh, what will Mando do next? Is the relationship over? Uh, obviously, this person hasn't seen Book of Boba Fett. Uh, in life, <laughs> things don't always come to the perfect ending. Filoni, oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, in life, yeah, things don't always come to the perfect ending. Yeah, Filoni tells Empire in a major new interview alongside Mandalorian co-creator John Favreau. I think things can uh, continue on, and your adventure continues every day. I used to think about it with uh, with Clone Wars all the time. Yeah, when when is the battle over? When when is that struggle over? Because it culminates in Revenge of the Sith. But that can't be the ending for the show, even though that's the ending for the era. You know, it took a while to figure out. Establishing Luke in the Mandalorian timeline was a major punctuation mark in the story. But this is far from where the stories of Luke, Din Djarin, or Grogu end. Uh, I think in some ways you want to each season to have the feeling of an ending. But in a lot of ways, what I've done is I don't, ha I don't like hard endings. Oh, sorry, that's Filoni. Uh, yeah, yeah that's Filoni, yeah. I like Who's meeting books. Oh, I, I, Favreau's here too. 
I like reading books in the series when thinking, oh, there's another book, and this is going to keep going. Uh, it's always sad for me when the adventure ends and the characters are seamlessly done with their journey. So I think there's always a little bit of hope that this, something can continue uh, with season three incoming and the Ahsoka and skeleton crew and more on the way. The journey is far from over. Uh, read Empire is a major new interview with John Favreau and Dave Filoni spending their entire journey in the Mandalorian so far and what comes next in the upcoming massive Mandalorian season three <laughs> issue. So uh, yeah, a little bit of an insight. I thought we'd get more of an inside scoop out of that, but oh well. <laughs> didn't learn anything new from that at all but i don't know um what are you guys thoughts on this like you know obviously there's uh, this whole mandoverse building as time goes by mandalorian season three right around the corner and uh, this this term mandoverse is being thrown around like it's like it's uh like it's something out of the marvel world you know yeah i don't know if i like calling it that because then it sounds like it's might go off on its own tangent that's my thoughts too yeah there might be two parallel cannons we don't want that happening yeah as as long as i think i think what i think what he gets at is that or like from from my point of view mandalorians are like very central you know they're not like they're kind of like this middle ground where you can have characters from all the other factions around them kind of like pop in Mm -hmm. i think it's a really effective way of kind of like i don't know it's a very like central, centralized yeah. Yeah, plot. I, I see if that makes saying. sense at all. Yeah, because they can do mm-hmm. more and have important people come in and out, but their yeah. story isn't like the characters themselves aren't as effectual to what's going to happen. So, like for example, they mm-hmm. could kill off Mandalorian, and everything else is still canon. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think my my biggest issue with this term, the Mandoverse, is. Uh, just that it disconnects it completely from the rest of Star Wars. And yeah. um, th- at least that's the feeling that I get when I say it, right? And because uh, it's an isolated thing. And like, even though even though it is its own identity as its own show, um, it doesn't isolate it from anything. In fact, I would argue that it's part of the, the Clone Wars expanded story because, you know, there's a ton of like characters and plot lines that they've just continued from Clone Wars to Rebels to the Mandalorian to Ahsoka, right? Like it's just like little, little threads that kind of just weave in, in and out of these various shows. Like, you know, like, can we even isolate anything? I mean, you know, it's like really just the question that lingers, like, is anything, uh, I mean, like recently watching Andor, it kind of gave me the idea that, um, yeah, there's, there's shows out there in star Wars that you can watch without any previous knowledge at all. And, you know, people can enjoy it. Right. And Andor was great for that. Um, but I feel like the upcoming shows like Ahsoka and Mandalorian Season 3, I feel like it's not the kind of show that you can just kind of jump into and appreciate in all its entirety without mm-hmm. having seen other parts yeah. of the saga, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just, yeah, it's all interlinked in that way. But it is. That's, I think that's what people really liked about Season 1 of The Mandalorian is it felt especially isolated yeah yeah it felt a little more independent at least you know uh for sure you know it it, but i think right up until they brought out the dark saber and moff gideon's hands i think it was fairly isolatable um as far as like a content from a continuity standpoint like someone may not even have needed to see any previous star wars films to to enjoy that show 
Um, and I guess the hope is that that show kind of got more people into the movies because, uh, you know, there's enough people that really, like, yeah, yeah, Star Wars isn't for me. And then they'll watch something like The Mandalorian and go, oh, you know what? You know, maybe I'll check it out. You know, maybe I'll. Yeah, we got a friend like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, it makes sense for sure. It makes sense from that perspective. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I can't recommend anyone watch The Mandalorian without first also having seen these other things because it's like kind of missing part of the story in a way. Um, well, you need to structure the story in a way that you can watch it as a one-off or you can watch it uh, in a series and you'll get additional information out of it. But if you didn't do that, it'll still make complete sense on its own. Right. And that's how you weave a, like a, a good story, like yeah. a, a really well-written story. So in the event that, um, in the event of Book of Boba Fett, for example, right? Because that's a season one in itself. And you have those episodes with the Mandalorian and Grogu show up, you know, kind of blow the season out of the water as far as like a surprise appearance and event that kind of takes place. And, you know, there's a lot of people that may have not seen the Mandalorian. I don't know who, but there's probably some soul out there. And, you know, they watch Book of Boba as a Boba Fett fan. And they go, okay, what the heck is this? Who dis? Yeah. yeah. Who dis? Right? Like, like, what's going on here? I mean, like, it, you know, it, nobody would, um, it, it, you know, and it, calling the Book of Boba Fett a Mandalorian season 2.5 really, yeah, I guess, you know, you know what I mean? Boba Fett, Fett it was like a spinoff. Yeah, 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 and but it's also it's like you say, like it needs to have be its own isolated show. And don't get me wrong, I love those episodes of the of that show, but um, but at the same time, it's like it really only supports the argument that the Mandoverse doesn't exist, you know, it, it, like in its own, right? Like you almost need the other, you need more shows to kind of like get the full context when whenever you're watching a Star Wars show at all. I mean, uh. You know, if yeah. I if I just no, jump I in agree. and watch Star Wars Rebels and Darth Maul shows up, like like what the heck? Like if I hadn't seen the Clone Wars, but I saw the Phantom Menace, I'd be incredibly confused. Yeah, like when people watch Solo. Right. Totally. Right. Totally. Yeah, yeah I, I, I had must have been. I think I think that's like the ultimate example of of, of probably people getting confused. Yes. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, there was definitely a lot of people in the theater that were like, In, in what? Star Wars, <laughs> because that happens in superhero movies all the time. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I it, mean... It does. Yeah. yeah. But then... But I guess I'd like... I wouldn't want Star Wars to become like that, but it might. No, I don't want yeah. to either. But I'm just saying, it's not an isolated event. As long as we... I'm okay with the Mandoverse as long as, God forbid someday we have a multiverse and that would just be <laughs> so oh, bad. <laughs> Back to the EU again. <laughs> In like a hundred years. With let, me, let me say why I don't want that. I, I have an issue that Marvel films all feel the same and I don't want that to happen to Star Wars content. I, it might be inevitable. You know, <laughs> it just might take a, a 50 years, right? I think it's like the, 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 the key word here is like franchise, you know, like Star Wars has, if you just look at the George Lucas movies, had always been an independent film, right? Just, just the single first one. And then that independent film got an independent film sequel and it got, you know, five more after that one. Uh, well, the irony, four more after that was, 
And then it got bought by Disney. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not like trying to go down that route of slamming Disney because they do what they do and they make, you know, good entertainment and they're, yeah, they're they a do. money making well, company, right? And so, like, I do get what you're saying is it doesn't have, it's not made for the same heart as the independent it, film that exactly, was exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, yeah, like we, we love Dave Filoni, right? Like, like we love Dave Filoni. Like I do a terrible impression of him, but um, you know, I like I love the guy. Like he's great. Uh, I think he's a fantastic storyteller, and um, I think the the thing is 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 going down this road of him having to work with a company like Disney as a creator, you know, as a storyteller himself. Um, it must be very tough for uh, at times to kind of appease the mass millions because. I mean, I got to be honest, like Star Wars has never been more successful. Like, like there's more Star Wars fans now than ever. And, and, uh, um, uh, it's, I question that. Um, I, if you, okay. Of all ages. Yes. But of the young generation, I'm not so sure. Yeah. I mean, so the celebration, for example, like they had their, when, when we were there in 2017, that was the biggest celebration they'd ever had. Um, and they, you know, they said that as well. So the, you know, it's definitely like it's a known thing that either like Star Wars fans are just kind of increasing in population. I don't know if this is due to general increasing of pop culture, you know, thanks to a lot of other franchises like the DCU or Marvel or whatever, you know, Harry Potter, they got the fantastic beast prequels. I mean, like there's a lot of big movie titles out there that kind of expanded upon the series and kind of went wide. And, um, Star Wars is no different now. Now it's also, you know, went from an indie film series to a franchise. And like for an indie film series, it did really well. And it was huge, you know, back in the day, you almost like wouldn't consider it an indie film, but it was. um, Even under George as an indie series, it was one of the biggest media franchises out there. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the only reason why it's called indie is because it was, uh, out, you know, after the first one, like it was like funded, you know, funded itself, like with his own private company. So, uh, you know, it's just like, I, I think about the future of Star Wars sometimes when I read an article <laughs> like this and I'm like, <laughs> hold on, I won't put this in perspective because it'd be kind of like, uh, like, uh, what's his name? What's the Amazon guy? Oh, um, yeah. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, it's if, like if Bezos funded his own independent movie. Yeah, he right? totally could. Like, I mean, he's got like the world. Of I mean, he kind of he kind of did with the Lord of the Rings thing, but <laughs> you know, I'm kind of curious. Like on a completely random, that? I'm like, do, guess, do you even like? Yeah. I wonder if he's even watched it. <laughs> I hope he's listening yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> what an honor. Uh, <laughs> oh man, hey Bezos, just uh, send us a tweet. Tell us what you think. Yeah, are you interested in making an independent film? <laughs> um yeah i don't know do you guys have any other thoughts on this just interesting just you know time how uh things like this change right yeah i feel like we're living in the era of stuff being purchased right Mm -hmm. and being conglomerated yeah you you can see it I, i think it's a pendulum swing and i think it'll start to swing back the other way yeah. I, I think we're also living in a time of like wait, like too much choice, like yeah. in, in our like media and games, like there's just so much 
so that like, our standards are very high when it comes yeah. to oh, yeah. like what we're consuming, which is why like even if we're presented with a very fun movie with all this, you know, all everything that Star Wars is present, it's it's also like, well, we have a lot to compare it to, so it's going right. to be yeah, know, attention span a, is huge. Yeah, oh man, be that's three, a good point. Three poodoo points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know what's also going to be contributing because of that factor is because there's so much competition. The people who are creating it are a lot of it's being run by committee, right? Like we have to check all these boxes, you know, story wise, different age groups, all that sort of stuff to appeal to the big, broadest audience which isn't always necessarily the best decision for a good story. Yeah. Instead, you're, you're trying to reach an audience instead of doing something that's story-driven. So You're right. It's, yeah. it's not to say you can't have good stories while doing that, but it, it is an extra cog in the machine, right? And that's where the streaming platforms come in, because, you know, like you said about competition, keeping, uh, keeping public interest in, in their, their stories, their product. Uh, they want people to stay subscribed to Disney Plus, and you know, recently Disney Plus hit a uh, the first quarter ever loss of like subscribers, which you know might be in part due to the uh, current economic problems. But um, you know, it happens, right? And if they don't continue to put out shows that people are interested in, which they know that Star Wars is a big seller, you know, then clearly they're going to lose people people's interest in the platform. So like. As you can see, like, you know, we're, we're getting Bad Batch, which just rolls right into Mandalorian Season 3, which rolls right into Young Jedi Adventures yeah. or something, which rolls right into uh, Ahsoka or Skeleton Crew or whatever comes next, you know, whatever they that announce. That concerns me slightly. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the idea of all this content. But if it's just, you know, rolling, at what point do people just stop caring because it's... That's it's just, just it. There's no, there's, there's no time to let it sink in and that, simmer and honestly, think about exactly. it. I, I think we might be in that, like, because I know we did that episode on, like, canceled Star Wars projects. Um, yeah. And and I think we might be soon entering that, like, bust era where, you know, I think currently we're in that boom, the, like the boom era where just they're making so much Star Wars stuff. Mm. That can't happen forever, right? Right. So I think eventually we'll have to like eventually it's gonna hit that peak and we'll find like that happy median yeah. you know where um Something because because yeah because between. people will get soon star wars won't be just drawing in as you know a lot of people mm -hmm. um, yeah people won't yeah. want to be uh staying as tuned because they've burnt out on it yeah, 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 it'll get burnt out or oversaturated, but but I think that will be, I think I think the quality will then increase. Yeah. Um, after the quantity decreases. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, it's it's funny because um, Phase Four of Marvel, I think, was probably, uh, at least to me, uh, had the most, uh, the most amount of less than, um, less than positive. Uh, viewership for for their their content in that wave of storytelling and a lot of it like it was the first phase ever that had the majority of it made up of disney plus content rather than the films and um i don't know i just like i when i watched some of these shows i thought to myself like the quality just isn't the same you know it's just like not nearly the same as the films 
And um, it's been a while since we had a Star Wars movie. I'm not going to say like years or anything, but I think it's the first kind of longer period of time since the sequels were coming out that we haven't had a Star Wars film because we went from having one almost on a yearly basis. And now we've got just the Disney stuff. So uh, personally, part of that might be Star Wars, I think transitions to television better because you can do longer form stories yeah. superheroes i think are harder because you always have main good person versus main bad person right yeah and uh you know some of the shows have kind of mixed up a little bit but i mean i, I think i think yeah, i think you're right like in the sense you know, we're, we're in this kind of era right now in which it's all the it's all the hype and uh it just makes me wonder like will it will it die down like are people going to get burned out uh and when when is it going to happen like how long do we have i mean look at every single form of media that we have like there's so much star wars out there like there's a weekly star wars youtube show you know there's like over 4000 star wars podcasts on the internet there's a star wars show that you can watch almost on a weekly basis until the next one comes out uh there's a new <laughs> game coming out in t- in 2 months um you know like there's a theme park you can go to like it's just it's just it, it never ends it never ends non-stop and, uh, comics and novels non-stop comics and novels yeah, it's, yeah i can't uh, even keep up with that no no we, we like years. we're so behind <laughs> we're so behind as far as like reading reading stuff especially from the higher public era um and uh, and various comic series i mean i look at the list of ongoing weekly series that they've got going on it's it's absolutely bonkers and uh, i just think to myself like wow you know, like, is is anyone able to stay on top of this stuff? Like, I, just, <laughs> I mean, I remember when it was exciting when a new book came out. Now it's just a chore. Um, I want to ask Pablo directly if he has read and has been able to keep up with absolutely everything. <laughs> yeah. That's I his mean, job. Like, he's if yeah. anyone can do it, it's got to be Pablo because he is paid an hourly wage. He has a nine to five job, I assume, that is to consume this content. I would imagine so. I would imagine that's his, that's what he does, you know. As far as like other than giving authors and stuff like lore guidance, uh, mm-hmm. I would imagine it's his, which is based on knowing the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to ask Pablo questions. Like his job fascinates me. Like him and Matt and anyone on the story group. Like, but you know, Pablo being a being a fellow Canadian. Um, you know, I would, I would hope that we could ask him a few questions. We almost brought him snacks at one time in celebration. Oh, that's right. He never met us up, but, uh, I messaged him on Twitter and, um, you know, we had something going and then, and then it just never worked out. But, uh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. We brought him Canadian snacks. Forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Days passed. We were on the last day of celebration or so. And I was like, you know what? Maybe we should just, we see him on stage. We'll just throw them, <laughs> throw them on stage. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember what happened? No, we, yeah, he ditched we, us we, to go to Disney. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. That is true. Yeah, second, so I should say second day, second last day of celebration. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, we ended up eating those snacks on the way home. So sorry, Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long flight. Yeah, they were tasty. They yeah. were tasty snacks too. That's Did right. We send him a picture of, like, was I in a Jar Jar mask? Did we send him that? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we took a picture or something that. with the snacks, and I was holding them with the Jar Jar mask on. Maybe I kind of scared him off. <laughs> That's probably what it was. I remember yeah. you couldn't see anything, so we're trying to pose you with the mask on, and your your hand and your arm were just yeah, so yeah. janky. 
Yeah, no, probably. <laughs> like you've just been in an accident. Yeah, you were holding a bag of Aldous Ruffles, Coffee Crisp, <laughs> box of Smarties. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> the most Canadian-looking snack pack ever. Yeah, I can't Come believe you didn't go for it. it. <laughs> oh man, good times. Come again, Pablo. Um, yeah, well, in honor of Pablo, we have our Pablo Pablo rating system. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right, guys, we should probably wrap it up here. But uh, any last minute things you want to say before we do so? Uh, maybe something in anticipation for next week's Bad Batch episode. I'm at a loss of what's next, so let's uh, let's you know see what happens. I'll share I'll share a little expanded universe thing. The um, the Vanguard droids in the Kashik episode, their space station looked a lot like a Hapen battle drake. Which is like an old uh, apes cluster, big battle cruiser thing. Oh, so okay. It looks very, very similar. Yeah, that, I feel like that, maybe they used the same design. That's a great little, uh, little nod of the head. Great. If that's the case, yeah. It's yeah, pretty cool. yeah. We're wondering about good that. Good eye, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good eye. Yeah. We we looked up the droids themselves and figured out that the, those those themselves the design of that droid and the gang that they're part of was like new to that episode. But yeah, I never really thought about the space station. It was a cool space station though. Yeah, just caught my eye. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you both for coming back on Star Wars Escape Pod, and uh, we will catch you in the next one. Sounds good. We'll see you out there. Keep flying. All right, and uh, thank you all for tuning in from home, whether it's on your, uh, your home smart stereo system, or uh, maybe you were listening in the car or uh, out for a walk with the dog. You know, we're uh, very pleased to have entertained you with a bit of Star Wars for the for the day. Uh, with all the Star Wars content out there, you know, it's a wonder that people don't get burned out. So hopefully you don't get burned out of us, uh, which is also a form of Star Wars entertainment on the Internet. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, the show goes on. And, uh, and so we continue to talk about uh, Galaxy Far, Far Away on a weekly basis. Uh, so we look forward to having you tune in next week for another Bad Batch review and uh, whatever else we got planned. I know we got uh, we got a guest lined up who we're trying to figure out um, when we can get him on. Uh, and when we do, it's going to be a good show. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that undisclosed, uh, unnamed content. Um, our email is swscapepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram with at swscapepodcast for daily and infrequent updates on the podcast as well as Star Wars general stuff. Uh, thank you for tuning in on Podbean if you're joining us from there or Pandora Radio. Uh, there's so many platforms that you can find our podcast. Uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Heart Radio, you name it. So drop a five-star review. Leave us a, a comment and we'll see you in the next episode of Star Wars Escape Pod. May the Force be with you. <laughs>